Welcome home, everyone. Thank you for joining in on this episode of Welcome Home with the Katinas. Welcome Home is a podcast where I, your host Josh, sit down for a conversation with different people who I admire and discuss whatever's on their mind, and especially focus on life at home in times like this. Wherever you are and however you're listening, thank you for your support, and once again, welcome home. episode of Welcome Home with the Katinas. It is good to be back here in Franklin, Tennessee. If you listened to last week's episode, then you know that my wife Alexis and I spent the last week traveling through Northern California. We spent some time in San Francisco, Oakland. Uh, Then we went to Sonoma, beautiful Sonoma, California, and then finished our time in uh, outside of Sacramento with some some family friends and supporters of the podcast and we really had an amazing time so uh, thankful to be back home and I want to say thanks to everybody who uh, messaged me on Instagram last week and and shared with us some some restaurant suggestions and things to see it, it meant a lot to me and it meant a, a lot to my to my wife Alexis hmm. but we had a great time Um but it's good to be back home in Franklin. Uh, we're greeted by some stormy weather here in Franklin. We didn't. We we had uh, some California sunshine the last week, so I guess it's uh, giving us a re- reality check. And it's good. anyways, it's good to be back. But um, as I was on vacation, you know, I, I wasn't working. I was intentional about just trying to spend time away from work. And just relax and and be with my wife. But I also spent a lot of time uh, thinking about this podcast. And, you know, I realized that this week's episode, uh, it's our 40th episode, actually, this week, which is amazing to me and crazy. But it's also the last episode we're putting out before Easter Sunday. We're in the middle of Holy Week here. And uh, for Christians all around the world... Uh, this is the most important week uh, of the year for our faith, and Easter Sunday, the most important day. And so I figured it would be appropriate for me to spend an episode and dedicate it to Easter, and specifically dedicating it to the main figure of Easter Sunday, which is Jesus Christ. And You know, if you know anything about the Katinas, about this podcast, about the Katina ministry, then you know that we're Christians, we're Christ followers, and our faith is uh, the most important part of our lives. Um, And, you know, this podcast has been great because, you know, I feel like when it comes to the ministry, a lot of times, and rightly so, our faith is at the the forefront of all of the conversations. And this podcast, I feel like I've been able to talk about some things that uh, I wouldn't normally get to talk about, and my dad and his brothers wouldn't normally get to talk about um, on the stages that they're normally on. But with that being said, our faith uh, it envelops every part of our lives. And so um, this week's episode is going to be about that. And like I said, uh, specifically, it's going to be about Jesus Christ. And so for this week's guest, I felt like it'd be appropriate to have the person in my life who is prob- is the best example of Christ that I know. Hmm. And a spiritual leader in my life, someone who I admire, and who's been on the show a few times before, I think. Um, but I'd like to welcome my guest this week, my dad, Joe Katina. Dad, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Josh. As always, it's an honor. And uh, welcome home to you and Alexis. Thank you. It's good to be with you. Yeah. Um, uh, thank you for agreeing to come over and record this week. And uh, I've talked with you a little bit about before what I want this week's episode to be about. But 
this still is the Welcome Home with the Katinas podcast, and there is a question that is at the heart of the show, and yes. so I want to ask it to you, uh, and it's simply this: What's going on at home? Well, we just uh, finished a week of dog sitting our grand dog Roscoe, thanks to you and Alexis. Thank you. It was uh, it was special to have a dog in the house again. You know, we had Dash, our uh, first long-haired chihuahua dog for 13 years. And then I think it was maybe three years ago we had to put him down and send him to dog heaven. And we've missed him dearly. So this last week, every time I'd walk Roscoe, dude, just by sheer muscle memory and habit, I'd say, come on, Dash, let's go. (laughs) I mean, every time. So... I'd apologize to Roscoe this morning for calling him Dash for the last seven days. Um, we are also, Mom and I are, we are uh, settling into our new normal of being uh, home alone, just the two of us, empty nesters, and uh, trying to expand our horizons when it comes to activities that we do. Well, we started playing a little bit more pickleball. Mom has played a lot of pickleball, but I've tried to join her. Let's go, Mom. Yes, she's phenomenal. She can beat me pretty bad. And um, trying to go to different restaurants other than just (laughs) Chick-fil-A. Shout out to Chick-fil-A. The Cobb Salad. Um, Something that's happened within the last five weeks uh, is GAM. Uh, mom's mom finally, uh, and she had a long bout, a physical battle, uh, and with just different kinds of uh, illnesses. And after years of of battling for her life with such a sweet spirit, she went to heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will be five weeks ago this Saturday. So there's been some sadness and grief. And appropriately, appropriately so, just because Gam was a phenomenal mom, phenomenal wife to Pa for over 60 years. I think 66 years, in fact. So there's a lot been going at home. And finally, we've been preparing for this week, uh, Holy Week, which, man, by the way, Josh, thank you. Thank you so much for putting a highlight on uh, by far the most important week uh, in our Christian faith, Holy Week, Passion Week, uh, where we remember Good Friday, we remember the death of our Savior, and we celebrate His resurrection on Easter Sunday. Um, th- we have also uh, are celebrating the one-year anniversary of our online gathering, the Katinas, uh, Home with the Katinas. So tonight, Thursday, if you're listening on Thursday... We are uh, going to have an online uh, live stream, online gathering, and then shortly after we do worship together, we're actually going to have communion with all of the cousins, and then we're going to have a special virtual meet and greet uh, to just celebrate the God's faithfulness for, uh, for, for a year. We've been doing this online gathering called Home with Katinas. Wow. That's awesome, Dad, and congrats to you guys for a whole year at uh, being a part of something that I do weekly, I know yeah. how you know every every week presents new challenges, sure. and it, it's a, an accomplishment to to make it last for a year. And if you guys do listen to this podcast and you don't watch Home with the Katinas on Thursdays and Saturdays, mm-hmm. I would highly encourage you to do that. I think you would really enjoy it and be blessed by it. Um, a few weeks ago, actually, I got to. I was honored to to be asked to be a guest on Home with the Katinas and got to share uh, uh, a few things. You and... did so good too, Josh. <laughs> Thank you, Dad. So well, good. Yeah, if you listen to this show and you don't w- watch Home with the Katinas, you really should. And uh, you'll be blessed by it. And, and it sounds like this week's going to be um, especially um, extravagant. So. Yeah, yeah. And I do want to take time too to thank people who have partnered with us. Uh, when I say partner, I mean people who have prayed for us, people who have encouraged us, people that join us by watching, but also by listening to this podcast. Uh, and a special thanks to those who give financially. I mean, we have some faithful 
generous people who who give on a weekly basis, some on a monthly basis. And uh, just on behalf of my brothers and our family, uh, what we do here at the Katinas with this podcast, with our online gathering and traveling and, and, and doing concerts would be impossible without your financial support. So thank you. Thank you guys. And, uh, you know, uh, I totally ditto everything you say that I'm, uh, I'm grateful for everyone who supports this show and supports our family. That's really who you're supporting. You're supporting a family. And so mm-hmm. thank you guys for that. Dad, um, like I said earlier, this week is special, um, especially for people like me and you, Christians. Mm-hmm. And there's billions around the world who will be celebrating uh, this Sunday. And so the man that they're celebrating is... Uh, known to us as Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been called a lot of things over the millennia, and but we call him Jesus. And, you know, for anyone who knows about my background or have listened to this show, you know I went to Lee University, which is a Christian school. Um, I graduated from college there. And all the students at Lee uh, are required to take a certain number of, of Bible classes, and uh, there's some amazing professors, and it's called the School of Religion at Lee, that has dedicated their lives to studying the Bible, um, asking tough questions, and specifically learning about the life of Jesus. And so um, I spent my years at Lee, uh, at least one class a semester, I was spending uh, studying the Bible, and even though the there's only four books in the Bible that document the life of Jesus, we spent a lot of time talking about those four books, and uh, I think that was a great thing for me because it kind of opened my eyes to the different schools of thought when it comes to uh, what the Bible is, who Jesus was, mm-hmm. what was the significance of his life, and you know, I... I I had to wrestle with some tough questions in my time in those classes, um, but I definitely learned a lot, and it was a great foundation for me. And but after I graduated from from Lee, I started spending time uh, listening to some more secular voices um, and their thoughts on who Jesus was, what was his significance. Um, people like Sam Harris and Christopher Hitchens, if you're familiar with them, who are, in my opinion, brilliant, brilliant people, brilliant men who, uh, I probably disagree with I do disagree with them on a lot of things, but they've spent a lot of time thinking about it and researching it more time than I have, to Mm -hmm. be honest. And, um, one thing when I, when I listen to, those guys speak about Jesus, even though I disagree with a lot that they have to say, I am uh, appreciative of the respect and the honor and the regard with with which they hold um, Jesus, Hmm. the the way that they um, appreciate his impact and, um, you know, they they've dedicated a lot of time to 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 being diligent and learning about him and I think that there's probably a lot of Christians who haven't done that sure and um, but when I listen to to them talk it make it challenges me and it allows me to ask questions you know I've become comfortable with asking questions that maybe I wasn't comfortable asking in the past yeah and so I'm gonna ask you some questions dad about Jesus um, three of them and so the first one is this. Why does Jesus matter? Why does Jesus matter? Well, let me say this, Josh. I respect you for asking questions and even uh, listening to those who that don't believe in Jesus. Um, much more mature than, than I was at your age. <laughs> Uh, I was afraid. I was afraid to ask because I was afraid. What if I find out what I believe is not true? Mm. In fact, I think many of the times that I would debate 
people who didn't share the same faith as me was not necessarily to, you know, as C.S. Lewis said, would de to defend the case for Christianity. It wasn't really about that as much as it was trying to defend my own insecurities. Mm. But as I've grown in my faith, here's what I realize. You can debate theological issues and go round and round and spend your whole life trying to figure everything out. But here's one thing I know. The, the gospel, the story of Jesus, there's parts of it that are a mystery mm. and that I'll never fully comprehend. But here's what I'm confident and why I know that Jesus matters. You can't debate. You can't argue with experience. And yes, I do believe that it's important to, uh, I mean, the Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman div rightly dividing the word of truth. It, it's important for us to know facts and the principles of the gospel. Yes, we should learn. We should study the word. Uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. Our faith can only grow as we expose in uh, our hearts to the continual learning of the word of God. Those are all, those are true. But it all comes down to your experience. And I've experienced the goodness of God. I've experienced his love. I've experienced his grace. I've experienced him uh, setting my father, your grandfather, free from a life of alcoholism and abuse. I experienced uh, losing the love of our lives at the time, our mom at the age of 18. And I've experienced that even in grief, we could still move forward and live a full life because of this Jesus who has been the comfort, who has been the way maker as we sing that song. And uh, so, you know, we're all looking for answers. Everybody is. And people are searching for uh, fulfillment uh, in, in, and we sometimes we, as men, as as human beings, we think we can find it in uh, status or significance. Um, but left alone, those things will leave us empty. Mm -hmm. Success, even relationships. But I've experienced the goodness of God. I've experienced Jesus. Uh, allowing me to be married to someone as as beautiful as your mom. And although we're humans and we make mistakes, 30 years, almost 30 years being married, I've experienced God taking us through situations where we didn't deserve to be taken through. Mm. We didn't deserve his goodness. We didn't deserve his grace. I mean, when I look at you, Josh, and Eli, and now our two daughters and Alexis and Amelia, I, I realize that because of Jesus, I have given so much more than I deserve. And I want to say this. I know there's some people that are listening right now. And maybe life hasn't turned out uh, in your favor. You've been going through challenges as of late. I mean, we live in a crazy, chaotic world. And yet, the thing that keeps me centered and keeps me steady and keeps me knowing that it's going to be okay, even though I don't know everything, mm. I know the answer. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. That's why Jesus matters. That's great, Dad. I think, you know, I talk about how I've listened to, you know, people like Sam Harris and Christopher Hitchens and other voices. And uh, one thing I appreciate about, appreciate about them is that they often do debates with um, people who are coming from a perspective probably more similar to Yours and mine, people like Ken Ham and Jordan Peterson, um, who um, do ha practice faith, yeah. and um, I've watched those debates, and they're very interesting to me, <laughs> and because they're they're people much smarter than me, and uh, one thing that I appreciate and that I've learned is that oftentimes, well, I'll say it like this: it's hard to have a conversation with someone about faith and about the Bible, what yeah. the Bible has to say when they don't believe what the Bible has to say. Absolutely. They don't hold value to, they don't see it as an authoritative book, mm -hmm. which makes sense. If you yeah. don't believe 
why would I, why would I care what the Bible says if I don't believe? But one thing that I've seen, um, brought up is like what you said, experience Mm -hmm. and in Christian circles, we might call it your testimony. Yeah. Um, what Jesus has done in your life Mm. and you know, whether or not people choose to believe in that, if, if that's, if your experience is true, then your experience is true. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think about my own experiences with, with Jesus and, you know, I grew up in the church. I grew up around faith. I grew up around Christians and I was around a lot of people who I think were, they carried the spirit of Jesus. Mm. Um, and I've seen his goodness in people's lives, but in my life, I will say this, there's, there's been two moments hmm. where I could really, I've, I, I know without a, any doubt that I was experiencing Jesus hmm. and I won't get into those two moments right now, but they were powerful moments in my life. Yeah. And in times when I have a lot of doubt mm-hmm. and when my faith is being tested, um, when I don't have great answers to tough questions it's those two experiences that i fall back on that and they weren't you know they weren't things where it was like everyone around me could see oh wow josh is filled with the spirit like we like to say but i felt it in my heart and Mm. i just wanted to say i think that's so true that jesus matters because of the experience yeah that he has that millions and billions of people have had yeah. through him. But Amen, Josh. Yeah. Well, maybe when we turn this off, you can tell me what those two moments okay. were. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we'll move on to our second question. And this is something that I wanted to ask you because, you know, in the time that I, I spend thinking about Jesus, um, I'm... I'm so I'm enamored and in awe of how his life and his words have the ability to make anyone uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. He can make someone he he makes atheists uncomfortable. He makes people of different faiths uncomfortable. But most of all, I think he makes Christians uncomfortable mm-hmm. if we're really honest. Yeah, and if we really dive into to who he was and what he had to say. And so I want to ask you, Dad, since we're coming up on Easter and um, we remember the crucifixion, Jesus's trial and crucifixion mm-hmm. and his resurrection, but specifically the crucifixion for this question, I want to ask you, how did, his, how did Jesus's words and actions resonate with you during the crucifixion? Mm-hmm. And how did they challenge you? How did they make you uncomfortable? Man. Yeah, that's so true. You know, when the Bible says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Sometimes we skip over that you will know the truth. We just say the truth will set you free. No, the truth that you know will set you free. And here's the truth. The truth about us the truth about our inability to navigate life on our own freaks us out. Mm. But when we accept that, it goes back to that second question. And here's, here's my hope that, that there are people listening that I'm assuming that a lot of people listening are people of faith or call themselves Christians. My hope is that there are several people also that are there searching and maybe they're not Christ followers, Mm. And my hope is that after these few minutes with you and I, Josh, talking about why Jesus matters, it will at least cause them to ask some questions. Well, is there anything missing in my life? Yeah. Is there, what are some truths that I may not know? And as you become to know those truths, you will experience freedom. Without the resurrection, without the death and resurrection of Jesus, our Christian faith is meaningless. It's futile. Why do we have hope? Why do we need Jesus? Because he gives us hope, not only for this life, yes, for this life, but for everlasting life. Um, 
2.3 billion people in the world say they believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, whether we always obey or live like Jesus is another matter. But how did we go from 2,000 years ago, Jesus having about a maybe 120 faithful followers in the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. From 120 to 2.3 billion people. What is that? One out of every three, three people yeah. claim that they're Christ followers. How is that possible? And not just because this guy had some good teachings hmm. or that he was a good man. It couldn't have been because of a great marketing plan. Hmm. No, it all came down to this. He died and he rose again. Mm. So what are the things that he said on the cross? A phenomenal question, Josh. Um, It it makes me think of... uh, I remember hearing teachings and sermons on the seven sayings of Jesus on the cross. I don't know all of them uh, verbatim, So I'll paraphrase. You think about this. It didn't go from Jesus just waking up one morning and then he was on the cross. He was betrayed. Mm. Betrayed by somebody he gave his life for. Mm. Somebody that worked with him. Somebody that Jesus trusted. Judas betrayed Jesus. And then he was denied three times by a close friend that said, Jesus, I'll never deny you, (laughs) Peter, who Jesus even said, Peter, on this rock, I'll build my church. Same guy that says three consecutive times. I don't know that dude. Mm. He's turned over to religious leaders. And then the religious leaders turned him over to, to Pilate and the Romans. And they scourge him. They spit at him. They mock him in his face. The very same people that he performed miracles for. Mm. They whip him 39 times with a whip that was so violent he goes through all of that carries his cross through a multitude of people mocking him saying crucify him crucify him they put a thorn on his head so blood from the top of his head all the way to the bottom of his feet nail his his hands into the cross his feet to the cross and the first words he utters is father forgive them they don't know what they're doing Mm. how does that resonate with me here's what the message of jesus is all about forgiveness Mm. i've heard it said that we are never more like christ than when we are forgiving Lewis Smith says to forgive is to release a prisoner and then you realize that you were that prisoner. Man, we live in a world so full of hate, a, a world that's divisive. And unfortunately, Josh, even in the church who I am a part of, you're a part of, we've allowed divisiveness and animosity and uh a critical and judgmental spirit. We didn't, we have, we've allowed hate to fill our hearts, Mm. whether it be towards our other Christian brothers and sisters, uh, for whatever reason, or for, uh, against people that don't believe like us. And yet Jesus's first words, and we haven't been scourged. We haven't been, uh, uh, denied. We haven't been betrayed like Jesus. Mm. And so it resonates and it challenges me to say, man, do I live a life of forgiveness? Yeah, that's good. You know, I uh, 
when I say that Jesus makes people uncomfortable, mm-hmm. that should make you uncomfortable to yeah. think, is that how I would respond? Yeah. Do I, do I love my enemies or do I hate them? Mm-hmm. Do I really turn the other cheek? Yeah. Like he said, you know, and if, if, if I was betrayed like Jesus and, and abused and mocked and put down what I would, the first thing that I really say be God, forgive these people. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to say yes. Yeah. And, and, and that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. And, but I think it's good to remember that when we call ourselves Christians, when we say we follow Christ, that's who we are following. Absolutely. Is, is the, the man who did that. Yeah. His second words were, it was actually a response. Remember he, he, he's, so he's, crucified on the cross on Golgotha in between two thieves, two, hmm. two criminals. Yeah. And these criminals represent the world today. One just mocking Jesus, saying, man, if you're the, the son of God, why don't you save yourself? Get yourself off this cross. And that's what we, we live in the same kind of world. People just, oh, really? And and just mocking, making a mockery of Christ. You know, in the Bible, it says that the uh, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Man, you're already dying, and you're mocking the the one Savior. And then on the other hand, on the other side, you have this uh, criminal who 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 humbles himself and says, "Man, okay, if you are who you say you are, remember me when you get to paradise." What does Jesus say? Surely today. Today. You'll be in paradise. Jesus doesn't give him a bunch of questions of lists. I mean, they're they're dying. They're suffering. The world is dying. And people need to know Jesus. But it's like we put them through these long interviews. Well, are you going to stop doing that? Hmm. Well, are you going to, what do you believe about this? Well, I'm not sure you can come to my church or we can't be friends because what do you think about this? Man, Jesus said today. You're going to be with me in paradise. And I'm not saying that there is no uh, uh, changes in the way. Jesus came, uh, He, the uh, someone said, he loves us just the way we are, but he loves us too much to leave us that way. Oh, mm. no, I believe Jesus is, a, is about changing lives, but he's not, he's not going to make you change and then say, okay, now you can follow me. Mm. He says, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. Basically, that's just... Are you surrendering? Are you willing to follow me? Yeah. And so when Jesus says today you you will be with me in paradise, it it says to me that there's hope for everyone. Yeah. Everyone, Josh, anyone and everyone who will surrender, Jesus says, "Yeah. Today you can kick it with me." Mm-hmm. Um I just want to butt in I, and I, this is not verbatim, but I believe that there's a part in the in the scripture where the second criminal says to the other criminal, "We belong here, mm-hmm. but he doesn't yeah we we're getting what we deserve yeah. he's this this man right here doesn't and and I think that when I think about that, it's a radical um, it's a revelation to me because even though there's two the the there's a major difference between Jesus and those two criminals. Yeah. Jesus was still standing there and taking the same thing that they were taking. Yeah. The same punishment. It seems probably worse. Yeah. Um and yet he stayed on that cross. Absolutely. And I think that probably just goes it, it's it's more of that whatever that spirit is that says um Maybe it's a spirit of humility. I don't know what it is, but the same spirit that says, Father, forgive them, is the same spirit that says, I'm going to stand here with my brothers, my creation. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they deserve it and yeah. I don't, yeah. I'm I'm still taking the same thing that they yeah. are. I remember a song we used to sing growing up. It said, he paid the debt he did not owe. Mm. I owe the debt. I did not pay. And... um. That's been the story of my life, Josh, that things that I should have paid a price for, a penalty for, the grace of God 
intercepted that. Um, so, yes, um, that, that's just the spirit of Jesus. And I think the third thing he says is, um, he, he says to Mary, his mother, who had to see all of this, mother, behold thy son. John, son, behold thy mother. Again, Josh, I'm not a theologian, so I'm sure there are some deeper, uh, probably more even uh, clear uh, interpretations of what was going on. But when I read that, or when I read that, I think of to the very last moment of his life, Jesus wasn't concerned about himself. Mm. He was concerned about his loved ones. Yeah. And uh, it challenges me. It resonates with me on what kind of husband, what kind of dad, what kind of brother, what kind of uncle, what kind of uh, friend am I to to my family? Mm. And uh, I just want to encourage or challenge uh, people listening right now that, you know, God placed us in the families that we're a part of. And I know that, I know from experience, you know from experience that, that our families are toe up from the flow up, as they say. <laughs> and yet, because God placed us in the families that we're a part of, man, we have, we have an opportunity to love our families well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And that part of the crucifixion has always stood out to me because... You know, the Gospels, a lot of the stories are about Jesus, obviously, but also his 12 disciples. Mm -hmm. And if I'm right, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that in the scriptures, there's only one disciple who's there at the end wow. with Jesus. Out of 12, yeah. 12 men that he spent three years living lives, performing miracles in front of, um, changing their lives. Yeah. Three years. Yeah. And when he... When he's on the cross, mm -hmm. of those 12, only one is there with him. Yeah. And it's John. And I just think about, I don't think that's a mistake. Yeah. That it sounds absurd, but I think it sounds absurd that, oh, only one came to the cross, to the yeah. foot of the cross. Yeah. Only one out of 12. But if I really think about human nature, that, and I, it doesn't surprise me as yeah. much. Yeah. But there's only one. And there's nothing in the Bible that says Jesus is saying, where's the other 11? No. He says he takes the time to, to see John and yeah. his mother and bless them. Yeah. And my hope is that I can be like John, yeah. that I can be the one who's there when the blood is pouring out sure. and, and receive that blessing. But I also hope that I can be like Jesus. Yeah. And not think about the 11 that didn't show up. Mm. <laughs> Such a good point, Josh. Such a good yeah. point. I, I want to comment just for the sake of time on one more of yeah. those things. But before I do, I'm going to skip ahead okay. a little bit and I'll come back. Only John was there. Peter, who seemed to be the loud one, right? Mm -hmm. the, the brazen, brash... The rock. Uh, the rock. Yeah. Courageous. Oh, man, I'll never deny you, Jesus. You know, oh, Jesus, you know, if you're going to wash my feet, just wash my whole body. I mean, he was just that guy who was, uh, in the words of this new generation, extra. Yeah. And when Jesus, I'm, I'm going to skip ahead and come back. When Mary and Martha found him or saw him when he had risen again. Some of his very first words was what? Mary and Martha, go tell my disciples. Hmm. And Peter. Hmm. When you said that, I want to be like John, but I also want to be about Jesus. Man, Jesus, like love, love keeps no record of wrong. Hmm. Love does not delight in evil. Jesus wasn't like, oh yeah, I'm going to show those guys. No, Jesus rejoices with the, with the truth. And what's the truth? No matter who you are, 
It's kind of like that song we wrote home. Wherever you are, whatever you've done, it doesn't matter to him. This is love. Turn around. Come on home. Hmm. Jesus says, after he was denied, the very guy who denied him three times, he says, tell my disciples, and he names him specifically, hmm. and Peter, hmm. that I'm risen. Wow. Um, that's just extra, Josh. Yeah, that's good. I've, never, I've actually never heard that. So okay. So... The fourth thing he said on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I had a hard time with this, Josh. Mm. Um, and I'm in my limited ability to break down the word, which is very limited. I just, I just thought, oh, wow. Jesus was so intimate with God the father that he was not only able to pray and ask God for good things, but to share with him his frustration. My father, where the heck are you? Why are you leaving me alone? Why are you doing me like this? So I kind of got stumped on that part of when I was reading reviewing just those seven sayings and the fourth thing when he said, my God, my God, why have I forsaken you? But I want, so I want to ask you on what your thoughts are. And then I have a, just a little final thought. Yeah. Well, like I said, I've, at Lee, we spent a lot of time talking about the words of Jesus. And one thing I do know is that there have been brilliant people who have spent their whole lives thinking mm. about that saying right there, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And not to go too deep into to the weeds, sure. but I remember talking, we talked about, this verse comes up a lot when, when we were talking about the Trinity, okay, three in one, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And, you know, I think, so traditional Christian thought is that the Trinity has always been and always will be. Mm -hmm. And by that I mean in the Bible when God the Father was creating, speaking the universe into existence, the Fa God the Father was there, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit were there. And, and when Jesus came down from heaven and was born uh, in Bethlehem, God the Son was born there, but also God the Father, God the Spirit, mm -hmm. they were always three in one, mm -hmm. unified, the mm -hmm. Trinity. Um, but then there's that moment in when Jesus is dying yeah, and it challenges people who have spent their lives thinking about this. What was Jesus really saying there to God, the father, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. And there's been a lot of questions about, there was arguments about, well, was the Trinity broken in that moment? And mm. there's a whole <laughs> debate that I couldn't do with justice about about that or do it justice but one thing that i learned in in class was um that that has stuck with me is that perhaps it, that verse is an illustration of jesus god the son truly for the first time feeling alone mm. um, and feeling forsaken yeah. because in all of history he's been one with god the father yeah but in that moment, he felt like he was forsaken. Wow. And there's debate. Well, was he forsaken or not? I don't know. I don't have that answer. Yeah. But I think Jesus had to have felt that to say it. Sure. And that must have been a tragic thing to experience. Yeah. Josh, I don't know if our listeners hear this thunder going on yeah. behind us, but I think it's so appropriate while we're talking about Jesus on the cross. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like I said, I don't, I'm not going to even try to explain uh, uh, what that meant. Mm -hmm. But when I was reading that, here's what I was reminded of. Because sometimes people say, well, who put Jesus on the cross? Mm. Well, a couple things. First of all, Jesus was fully man and fully God. He felt everything that we feel as people. And sometimes I know in my life, I was like, well, Jesus doesn't understand. He didn't have to go through all this. No, Jesus went through everything that I've faced and everything that you're facing. Jesus has gone through that and even more. And yet he stayed true. Mm. 
Mm. He stayed loyal. He stayed obedient. He stayed surrendered to the to his the the will of his father. But who put Jesus on the cross? It wasn't Pilate. It wasn't the Roman soldiers. It wasn't the religious leaders as much as as angry as I am when I think about the Sadducees and Pharisees. Mm -hmm. But guess who those people are? They're me. Who put Jesus on the cross? First of all, and if you want to send in theological arguments, send your emails to Josh, (laughs) not me. God put him on the cross. Mm -hmm. It was God's only plan for redemption and salvation. It was his plan. And secondly, who else put Jesus on the cross? I did. Hmm. You did. It was our sin. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We couldn't make it. So God had to make a a plan so that we could make it. Hmm. And so that's why it says later on in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. That's what we deserve. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Mm. The cross, it's the only way. It's through the cross that the divine plan of God, his father, would be accomplished. Mm. I want to read this scripture uh, concerning this point. 1 Peter 2, 24. He himself bore our sins in his body upon the cross. This is Jesus. So that free from sin, we, you and I, might live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hmm. Um, anything else you want to say about the, the words? Um, you know, again, as, as I was reading and, and just reminiscing about the story that I've heard, especially around Easter every time, I... And maybe I'm getting older and I, I just think, dang. He, you know, we used to sing the, this song, he carried the weight of the world upon his shoulders. Man, he really did. Yeah. And so when he says, uh, the sixth thing he said, or the th- uh, fifth thing he said is, I thirst. Hmm. Man, it broke my heart, Josh. Like, how does this Jesus who was who was dying to save people, King of kings, Lord of lords, in all of his splendor, willing to give everything to where he says something like this, man, I'm thirsty. Hmm. And um, again, I don't know, that just hit me different this time around because... (laughs) You know, I fast a few times here and there, and I know how it feels to be thirsty after a day of fasting, and I'm thinking I'm dying, but yeah. I'm not dying. Yeah. Jesus was dying. Mm-hmm. It just seemed real pitiful for the save the uni- savior of the universe to be literally almost naked on the cross, crying out, "I thirst." Yeah, I think remembering that my time in school is that was just a reminder of his humanity Mm. that even though he was doing something so so grand in the cosmic Mm -hmm. scheme he was still human yeah he at that moment he was thirsty yeah he was dealing with everything Mm. but also the little things Mm -hmm. as well man Mm -hmm. i'm thirsty Mm -hmm. I, i i thought about that saying man I thought this thought, Jesus taught me to make my request known to God, the big and the little. Mm. Sometimes I wonder if we don't pray because we don't think God would deliver. Mm. Or maybe we would rather just not ask than be disappointed with what the, with the answer. Mm. That's Does good. that make sense? Yeah, totally. I thirst. Um, then he says, it is finished. You have anything to say about that? No. So I'll go to the last when he says, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Jesus was obedient to his father. And again, as we began this segment by saying you can um, argue with experience. Living the Christian life 
being a Christ follower is not always easy. In fact, sometimes I cringe when people give altar calls and I've been guilty myself of saying, hey, give your life to Jesus and then you will live victoriously. Hmm. That's true to us, to us, uh, a, point. a point, but victory comes after defeat. Hmm. Freedom comes after a battle. Um, Did you all just hear that? <laughs> oh my God, I don't know if this is going to make the episode, but the, there, there was a bolt of lightning literally outside our window. Oh my gosh. Wow. So is there a metaphor, Josh? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> my heart's pumping. I'm surprised the power is still on. Um, <laughs> if you don't know, did we even say that this is our second time, or no, our third time trying to do this podcast because the power went out and then we had to record. So yeah. anyways... Um, when he says, Father, into thy hands, I commend my spirit. I, I think it's just, it resonates with me that Jesus, <laughs> he lived his life all the way to death one way, hmm. surrendered to his father. Yeah. And so as we celebrate well as we remember the death and celebrate celebrate the resurrection of Jesus uh i guess going through the story of the crucifixion reminds me to be a forgiving mm. to know that there's hope hope for every criminal even a criminal like me to Look out for family, to be loving to family, to be honest with God, to be able to ask him, God, where are you? Um, and then finally to live 24-7, and we can only do this with the help of Jesus, with the experience of Jesus, in a state of surrender, sur a surrendered heart to God. That's great, Dad. Uh, I appreciate you walking through those words with me. I've never actually had, I've never heard a message on those seven mm. saints. Like, but um, I have one more question for you yeah. before we end. And maybe I, I feel like maybe we've answered it already, but I want to ask mm. it um, for those people listening and um, hear your thoughts on it. So it's this. Why do people need Jesus in their lives? Huh. <laughs> I guess I can only answer it by saying, this is why I needed him. Hmm. And if you're like me, then you need him too. Hmm. If you have any questions about life, if you ever battle with in insecurity, if you've ever made mistakes that don't deserve grace, if you ever feel empty, if you ever feel alone, if you ever battle with casting final judgments on people, if you ever get angry with people who don't believe like you believe, then you're just like me. Hmm. And you need Jesus. We need Jesus so we can live out our purpose here on earth, but also so that we can live beyond this life with him eternally. Um, the more compassionate I become for myself, the more compassionate I am for others because here's what I realize. Even though we're different, we're the same. We're all looking for the same things. My brothers and I are on this tour called Hope and Love because really, Josh, that's what people are looking for. And that's the message of Jesus. That's the message of Easter. It's hope that we have a hope because we had a savior who conquered death 
and the grave and he rose again. And because he rose again, we have that same hope that we don't have to die. We can live eternally with him. And then everybody wants love. Everybody. I don't care who you are, where you grew up at, what you have or what you don't have. Here's what I know about you. Because you're just like me. You want to be loved. And the message of Easter is this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him One word for that word belief is pustule. It doesn't mean just that, oh yeah, I believe there's Jesus. No, believing means, man, I put my trust and my hope in him. And it says, those that believe in him, you will not perish. You won't die. You'll have everlasting life. That, my friend, that is why you and I need Jesus. Awesome, Dad. I think that's a good place for us to end tonight. Um, this episode has been hard to record, for, but Man, we're getting it out. So appropriate, <laughs> yeah. Josh. We're getting it out. Not and... to spiritualize it in any way, but yes, it's been a rough one, right? Yeah, yeah I'm glad we did it, though, and yeah. I think people are going to be blessed. So thank you for coming in uh, to, to share what you had to share, Dad. Josh, if I can just say that... Um, I can't tell you how much I love you, how proud I am of you. The son that you are, the brother that you are to Eli, the cousin you are, and now especially the husband that you are to Alexis. And, um, you know, even on our faith journeys between you and I, I, it's a beautiful thing because there are some things about your faith that are different from mine. We, we have some similarities. We both believe in Jesus. We love Jesus. But we also have different convictions and different uh, interpretations of theology. Uh, but again, here's why I know G- we need Jesus and I'm thankful for Jesus. Uh, he's given me a son like you to learn from and to glean from. And uh, you teach me every day of how to be more like Jesus. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you, Dad. Love you. Love you. For those of you listening, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back with more episodes soon. Have a great day. Happy Easter.